This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's the Steelers Blitz on a Friday, 412-919. I'll give you the final four digits. At the end of this segment. That's how you tease. Oh, that you thing. like you like that, that Arthur Motes? You if you're gonna tease it, you better tease it. We got the phone lines on a Friday. You can always get at us on Twitter. Adam tweets us and says, Man, I forgot about radio. I've got to watch that movie now. It's a good movie, bro. Yeah, that's a good movie. Got a little shopping cart. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't man. seen it either. Hey, listen, Cuba Gooding. I mean, come on. Yo, the range. The range. The range. Um, we got some other tweets. Rod Dollar, Jonathan chiming in here on uh some of these three things. We'll get to those when we wrap this up. Motsi. Let's wrap this up. Three Things Thursday. Uh, if you listen to us throughout the regular season, you know that it was our segment to start previewing the Steelers' opponent every single week. But then at the halfway point of the season, we also turned it and turned the spotlight and the focus on the Steelers. Three good things, three bad things, you know, three encouraging things, three concerning things. And now we're kind of putting a bow on that to end the season here. Uh, Motsi, you want to go first on number two for the bad? I suppose I could do that. Yeah, the floor is yours, partner. Inside linebacker, unfortunately, yeah, I see you are. I do off my not list. like it. Um, as it currently is constructed, we know we have pedigree in terms of Devin Bush, uh, Joe Schobert, obviously, but we don't have a lot of productivity. We don't have a lot of proven continuity in there as well. And right now, the same what five linemen from this year's roster I would even want to return to put back out there as starters. I'm kind of in that same stance, that same headspace with the inside linebacker because I can't definitively tell you right now which of these guys I would want to be my day one starters going into next season. I'm with you on that. And to me, that's a problem. Like, I should feel confident in somebody out of that group. I feel like I'm probably the most confident in Robert Spillane solely because I know what he excels in. We but know what he is. But he clearly yeah. is defined in terms of what he's good at and what he's bad at. And there is no... You know, about it, there is no, oh, he might do this. No, no, no. Is that cut and dry? He's going to excel down the hill or playing downhill run, and he's going to struggle when he's in coverage. We know this. But outside of that, and I shouldn't even feel as confident with that, it's just the simple fact that I'm, I, I can identify him so I can try to make a plan around him. But outside of that, I can't point to any of these other guys and just feel extremely confident. And I'm not going to sit here and act like none of those guys – don't bring anything attractive to the table. The same way Coach Thomas said that he found Matt Canada attractive in some capacity with his work. If you can find that attractive, I can definitely find attractiveness with some of the things that the linebackers have done this season. But like the Matt Canada situation, the consistency element is what has been lacking. And that is largely why I have to have them on my list because I just don't trust them. Mm -hmm. I can't point to any of those linebackers and trust any of them, regardless of how people want to sell it to me. Oh, man, this guy's a former first-round pick, or this guy's a big contract, free agency acquisition, or this guy, you know, he can hit really, really hard. I don't care. Because when we cut on the tape for 17 games, those qualities don't show up consistently enough. Mm -hmm. And, yes, there were other variables, but they're also a part of the reason. They were a part of those variables as well in terms of the lackluster performances against the run, in terms of the lackluster performances, in terms of the interior part of our defense just feeling soft at times. To me, that is something that we're going to have to address because, yeah, I don't like it. Yep, Motes, 
very similar. Number this was the first thing that I had on 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 my bad on my concerning was I put just the middle of the defense. That's perfect, actually. Yeah. You know, this is another one of those things all the time from football people, from fans, from within the Steelers organization. Mike Tomlin talks about it. If you've got a slow middle of the defense, if you've got a weak middle of the defense, you got a slow defense. It is that simple? You got a weak defense. It is that simple. They're slow. They're poor at tackling. They don't create enough splash. And for what you've invested, Man, just, just repeat that. that. Did you like that? I, I can't let you just oh, drop no. that like that and just ease on out Bars. of that thing. Nah, that that was some heat right there. Bars. Go, go ahead, run that back, Turbo. They're slow. Uh huh. They're poor at tackling, mm. and they don't make enough splash plays. That's a recipe for disaster. And in fact, you could say they hardly make any splash plays. Unless the splash just happens to hit him right in the face. Unless Taco goes up and sit and, hey, look what I found. Poor TJ. It's like, that's where we're at right now. This is crazy. It's just, this is, and this is another, this this was number one on my list because it's another one of those things that the Steelers talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Run game in the middle of your defense. That is, that's your meat and potatoes of Pittsburgh Steeler football right there. And those have been areas of big-time struggle for, for the last two or three years. Slow, poor tackling, not enough splash. The middle of the defense. Um, and you can maybe, I don't even know if excuse is the right word, Motes, but you can maybe understand a little bit of it in the absence of guys like Alu Alu and Tua, mm-hmm. and, and that would certainly help. And that's why I said variables, because that is a part. That's a that's big not, variable. Not, that's not an excuse. That is a legitimate yes. variable. Yes. Yes, that's very legitimate. But you've also, man, you you invested enough, so a, a lot, in Devin Bush and Joe Schobert. Mm-hmm. Like, Devin Bush was your first top 10 pick on defense since this guy named Rod Woodson back in the 80s. A long time ago. You moved up 11 spots in the draft to get him, I mm-hmm. believe? And then Joe Schobert, I know you didn't give up a ton of capital for him, but he also was not cheap in terms of the contract and the salary that you paid him this but season. they have expectations for him, so don't worry about it. When you combine what it took to move up to get Devin Bush, the money that those two make, it, it, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough. And what what's concerning about it is it's not like the Steelers just did the ignorance is bliss thing. They they went up in the draft and tried to nab their guy in Devin Bush. They went out, you know, late in the process this summer and brought in Joe Schobert as, I mean, as think about it, that was middle of the training middle camp. Middle of training camp. Yeah. As as an upgrade. So it's not like they didn't do their due diligence. It's not that they did the definition of insanity thing and just expected it to get better without doing anything. Which to me, honestly, a lot like the run game makes it more concerning because you know it was a priority. You tried to address it. You you tried to address it, and it still didn't play out the way you wanted it to. Now, my question is: Do you think they will acknowledge that they failed in that area? Um, by their by their actions, I don't don't care about their actions. Like I don't care what they say. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't need Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert to. Oh, we're really sorry. We didn't do the right thing with the run game. No, but their actions were shown. And if you listen, every time we criticize, especially me. When we criticize them, it's hardly ever about what they're just solely saying. If anything, it's what they say, and we compare it to the action part of it. So that's definitely where I met it's with this It's the performance, thing. not the yes. person, like you always tell me. Absolutely, because we can all sit here and say that, yes, the team failed in terms of putting together inside linebacker tandems that could effectively help this team, even in the midst of no Tyson and no Tuit. 
I understand, like I said, those are variables, but those are not the whole reason. It's kind of like when we talk about the offense. If you just say, oh, offense is bad because the O-line. It's like, no, that was not the case. Don't don't solely That's put it on. a variable in it the conversation. Variable, but that was not the only reason. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So when I look at the linebackers, I feel that way about them, but I do hope that they bring in more talent mm-hmm. to push people. And talent equals competition. And for me, I'm always a believer in that because, as you've heard me say numerous times, if Dan Bush is the player that the fans or certain, because I'm sure obviously now because of the season is not as, you know, set in stone that everybody believes in him. Sure. I'm sure some yeah. line in the sand. But I look at it like this. It's going to be very pessimistic yes. when it comes to Devin Bush this offseason. But my thing yeah. is this with Devin. For those that believe he still can get it done, for those that took the approach of, you know, he's coming back from injury, he just needs more time. Well, competition doesn't mean he doesn't have more time. Competition just means your time is about to be up. So if you want to stay here, you're going you're going to figure it out. Right. If you're that not, clock's winding then you're going to be gone. Yeah. And that has, like, to me, I feel like that's how you get your most effective results. That's how the NFL's business model has been for over 100 years now, if we're being real about it. It's a performance-based league. It's a results-based league. You bring, you come in here, okay, you didn't perform, you get another year. You didn't perform, all right, we're bringing the next guy in to perform. Mm-hmm. It is that simple. That's, that's the National that Football simple? League. How, how does Robert Spillane start to get on the field more than Joe Schobert? It's not about what you're making. It's about, yo, you got to perform. Your cl- and, and the difference was this, right? Devin homegrown, Schobert's not homegrown. So it's an easier move. It's easier yes. to say, hey, you yes. know, we were wrong right here because we didn't do all the drafting and scouting. We just Maybe gave him a six-round pick for him. We took, a, you know? we took a flyer on him. We took a flyer on him, on him. Yeah. absolutely. So to me, I'm like, okay, I get why you did it, but I still don't get why you did it because if you were making moves like that, Devin Bush's play for the larger part of the season has definitely been below the line as in comparison to Joe Schobert. But we saw when it was time to make the moves who they made the move with. So I get it and I understand why they do those things. But all I'm saying is this, regardless of if they still believe in Devin or not, bring somebody else in because if he's as good as he's supposed to be or if he's as good as you believe he can be, he'll beat out any of these guys you bring in. doesn't matter if you bring in another first-round pick. First-round picks get beat out every year. No one cares about that. <laughs> like, let's be right. Beat all first round picks. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. Even as a six rounder. So if you believe that Devin is still that guy, bring somebody in so he can prove it. And if he's not, well, now you've effectively upgraded it. Or right. at least you got to run and make with him. At least Same maybe you can, ask him to, you can ask him to be the Robin instead Absolutely. of the Batman. Same yeah. with Robert Splane. Same yeah. with Marcus Allen. Same with Ulysses Gilbert. Same with Buddy. Just because handouts aren't going to get us what we want. It's not going to get us the productivity. It's not going to get us the confetti games, right? You talk about winning divisions, AFC championships, Super Bowls. It's not going to get us to those caliber games with the town that we currently have. Agreed. And we got the resources this offseason. We have money. We got draft picks. Last year, we had an excuse. Hey, man, we ain't got the money. Oh, draft picks a little tight. That's not the case this year. So More than a long time. So once again, just show me with your actions. Yeah, show me with your show actions. Show me with your actions. I, I'm with you on that. Motsi, my last one here. I hate that I have to do it to him. Uh-oh. But it's the wide receiver room. Bro, are you looking on my paper? I feel like you. it might be a reflection in here. <laughs> Maybe this TV <laughs> is like, it's, TV it's like one of them TV mirror things. Because I feel like he's looking on my paper. Honestly, Jeez. though, like these, this is not a hard conversation to come up because it's all the things that we talked about throughout training camp in the summer. No, this is 100% accurate. Yeah. 
Moats, when we were having all those conversations throughout tra- and about the run game and the young offensive line and the the all the ro- right four rookies starting on offense between your offensive line, your tight ends, and your running back. What did what did we have confidence in the wide receiver room? Look at those guys. Look at the skill there. Look at the pedigree there. They're all still young. They're all going to get better. You got Dante. You got Chase Claypool. You got James Washington. All those guys belong on NFL rosters. Who knows what you're getting out of Ray Ray? I. Listen, you guys know the drill. I don't hide from, I think I say a lot. All right, Arthur Motes, 90% of the time, what I say behind this microphone is God. Facts. Pause. The other 10% of the time, I get it wrong. And I said in training camp, I think you could argue this Steelers wide receiver group, not at the top in terms of talent, but is the deepest wide receiver group in the National Football League. Because they got four guys who could be number one or number two receivers on almost every team. Boy, was I wrong. That was the 10% of the time. I wasn't God there. I was a false prophet. Mm. <laughs> Boy, he said I wasn't God. I was a false prophet all one today. They, they've got, they, they, man, they've got high pedigree. Not first-round guys, but everything else there in that room. We thought that they were all in a position to take a step forward. And, you know, Juju's injury. Again, certainly there's variables to this. It's yes. not just everybody stunk and it wasn't good enough. Juju missing most of the season was a huge part of this. Then you're asking Deontay to do more. Then you're asking Claypool to do something different. Then you're asking Ray Ray to do more. That was certainly a big part of this. But coming into this season, I I really thought, man, the wide receiver group is going to be great because we know what Juju is. He's so consistent. Deontay could blossom into a number one. Chase Claypool could be like a great Batman in that, or a great Robin, pardon me, in that conversation where he could draw some really favorable matchups and just take advantage of people. That didn't play out this year. And in fact, it was quite the opposite. We were really frustrated with Chase Claypool at times. For as many great plays and great games and great pitches as Deontay Johnson had, he also had the drops. He also had the fumble against Kansas City where no one even touches him. Moments like that. You needed your wide receiver room to shine through positively this year. You needed them to be one of the better units uh, on your team and in the NFL. And that just didn't happen. And I I, I certainly don't have that same optimism Uh, going into this summer yeah I could definitely understand that man 100% so for the sake of not oh you remix on copying you like verbatim I will go to a different concern because unfortunately we did have to have multiple concerns I like you you're multifaceted over there you know as hard as it was to find one other thing to not like about this team as hard and as difficult as a task that was i mean i was over here sweating bullets i could not think of another area on this team that i could possibly oh you funny now not like wow so after deep thought after countless hours days months of researching find out what was the last thing i did not like Bang, I bang. finally come to the conclusion. Okay. You stayed up all night last night working on this, didn't I you? I felt like Indiana Jones. I was running through temples of doom, dodging, you know, booby traps, finding the holy grail just for this moment right here. So, ladies and gentlemen, the last thing that I do not like about the situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers is their quarterback situation. Oh, yeah, Arthur Moach, hit me. So, first off, when we started the season, there was speculation. What version of Ben Roethlisberger shows up? Is this 
another year removed from surgery. So the robo arm is super duper turbo man robo arm. We talked about recalibrating it. Um, obviously that didn't go as planned in terms of the sustained productivity. We know it was multiple variables with that, but as a whole, it was not what we needed it to be for the duration. But then we also had question marks about the guys behind him. Um, during the preseason, we saw Mason and Dwayne Haskins, even Josh Dobbs get auditions, right, to varying standpoints. Now, we know Mason was the one who really got the audition because he mm -hmm. took all the first-team reps, Correct. especially in the games. I don't feel any different about any of those three guys as I sit here today than I did 12 months from now or I mean, 12 months ago or even 24 months ago. I still do not know if any of those three guys can be the Steelers franchise quarterback. I still do not know if any of those three guys can lead their teams to the postseason. I still do not know if any of those three guys can be legitimate and consistently QB1. Have they flashed? Sure. We can point to Haskins. He has some times in Washington. We could point to Mason. He's had some times here. We could point to Dobbs where he's come in and spot times and even in the preseason has shown some ability. Mm -hmm. But none of those guys I can definitively sit here and say, yeah, man, 17 game, I want them to be our starters right now. And to me, that's a problem mm -hmm. because we've never had that issue here. Every other year before that, even when Ben was coming back from surgery and unless Ben was playing, we still felt like we were in <clears throat> the conversation. Sure. We still felt like we had some level of trust, some sure. level of confidence that we were going to get at least competent quarterback play for 17 games. But right now, as we sit here today, I can't say yes to any of these guys that I feel like, hey, you know, if I had to put my money on it, this is the guy that's going to take us there. This is the guy that can get it done at least this year coming up. And to me, that's something I don't like. Bang, bang. Because it starts to remind me of my time outside of my relationship with Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, yes. You know, I, I was, I've been you a part of some. You rode that quarterback carousel in know, the past. I, I've been a part of some some uh, some not-so-advantageous relationships I've been a part of some uh, <laughs> some hardships. I had to go to a little shelter, you know, get my mind back together, get some confidence back in myself. And, yeah, I don't want to go back to that. But nah. I feel like we are. We're, we're looking at it right now Maybe. because partly, you know, we didn't want to be too aggressive with it out of respect for seven. And some of it could be, you know, misevaluation here or there on personnel or just mismanagement sure. of personnel with coordinators, right? Because we said – Right now, we don't know if any of these guys outside of Josh Dobbs realistically fits into Matt Canada's scheme anyways. So, yeah, it's just hard for me to like that right now. Okay, follow-up for you. This time last year, mm -hmm. there was a lot of people saying, yeah, you got to rebuild the offensive line. Yeah, you're moving on into to the next era without, you know, a lot of all pros and just incredible careers. But it can't be any worse than it was this year. Mm. Heard that before. Motsi, I'm, heard it all before. I've I've heard that once again in the last week or so. That all due respect to Ben Roethlisberger, he's a future this is not my words. This is what a lot of people are saying. You know, Roethlisberger's a future Hall of Famer, but this past year the quarterback play was not good. It can't possibly be any worse with Rudolph or with Haskins. In fact, it's definitely going to be better. To that, you would say. What you just brought up. Case in point, the O-line last year. It can never be any worse. It can never be any worse. Last year. 
Oh, it certainly can. It was definitely worse than the it was last year. The only way it can never get worse is if you go 0-16. Yeah. And that's happened twice in the history uh, of the absolutely. NFL. That's the only way it can't get so, worse so, is if so, you go 0-16. Yes, for those that do not believe when, it could be worse. When the Browns and the Lions were coming off those seasons, yes. they could say it can't get any yes. worse because it legitimately couldn't get any worse. So for me, anytime someone might say that the quarterback play can't be any worse or mediocre Mason or whatever names we want to come with these players, I just want to cut up the clip of that, which you just said, and I just want to just put it on replay. Just bing. Just play that. Just we said the same beep. thing about the offensive line last year. Yeah. Can't be beep. any worse. Oh, you're losing Pouncey. You're mm-hmm. losing Big Al. Uh, you're uh, losing Matt Filer. Pouncey can't even snap the ball You're losing DeCastro. Yeah, DeCastro. Oh, can't oh. be any worse. Yeah. Can't be any worse. Yeah. Well. That, that is, that's where I fall. Breaking news. Breaking news. Mm-hmm. It was worse. Some might even say a lot worse. Oh, wait. Man, we got to go there on Friday. I'm just, you know. I thought y'all said y'all love me because of the honesty. It's true. Anybody can lie to you. Not everybody could be real with you, though. That's the truth. You know, that's the no, truth. that's the absolute. That's that's anybody the absolute truth, you, man. What what an intriguing offseason! Like the the more we have kind of put a bow on it conversations, mm-hmm. where you're evaluating the past year and you know within the context. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's gonna be an interesting offseason. It's very very dicey. It's gonna be a real interesting offseason. I wish I. Oh, man, I wish I could be a fly on the wall down on the south side. I wish I could be a fly on the wall down on the south side. Because, I, you know, I, I do think there's some merit to what our buddy Brian Batko said yesterday. He said when it comes to the quarterback position this offseason, if it's not your first priority, it should be your last priority. There's, I would agree with that. There's no treading water. I Because we saw last year where they did kind of tread water with just overall decisions about the team and the makeup of it, where it was kind of limbo. Is it... We're here, we're trying to do whatever it takes to win now, or are we trying to plan for the future? I'm with you, man. I don't want to do the whole, oh, it's, let's play the game with this. Either we love it or we don't want anything to deal with it at all. It's either Mason and maybe you bring in a low money, because you have mm-hmm. another quarter. Like, right. you can't lose, but you have to You have what, to bring in somebody else to that is equation. This. What, this is what we're basically saying. We don't want, either going to draft a quarterback in the first round, or you're not taking a quarterback in the draft until, like, Correct. later rounds. Don't Correct. give me a second round or a third round, and we're over here like, oh, we got the guy. And it's like, no, you're wasting the pick. We Correct. got more because that guy's not coming in to be the starter right now if you're taking him there. We're also seeing that, hey, don't go out there and put $100 million on a quarterback that we don't really believe in. 100%. Don't do that. Go go get you a Band-Aid guy. Like, we talked about your, your Tyrod Taylors, your Jameis Winston's, those type of like, hey, Don't give me a Jimmy get, or a yeah, Kirk Cousins or get, get Derek Carr. Guy. Get you a Band-Aid. You know, we, we don't have to break the bank. Yes. And like you said. A guy that if he has to play, right. you're confident isn't going right. to crash the ship mm-hmm. like a Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. Like a Tyrod Taylor. Yes. Um, but n- like you said, not somebody that, that's going to cost you a significant chunk of money. And that you don't even believe in that can get it done. Because, I mean, let's be honest, too. I don't know if you agree with me on this, but in terms of the guys that have been mentioned as available that could get it done, for me it's Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Yeah. And I, li- I think I like Derek Carr more than most people. And if this was the Steelers roster of Arthur, you know, and Ben was retiring, I'd say, yeah. Hey, you look at the wide, look at, you got AB, you got Lev Bell, look at that offensive line, you know. I'd say, yeah, bring Derek Carr in here. You can have a lot of Kasika coming, but I think we're both on that same page in regards to this team is not a quarterback away. That is clearly the case, and I do agree with you with that. And with that being the case, that is why we do have that stance. If you're going to do it, do it all the way. If not, don't worry about it at all because we got multiple pieces and we can address quarterback a year from now if we need to. Like, that can be the vibe. And 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 maybe, and this is another one of those fly on the wall on the south side things, 
maybe that is a conversation that throughout the course of the year, Kevin Colbert and, and those guys have had that, hey, we don't we, we don't think the next guy is going to be available this offseason. Mm-hmm. So let's at least lay that groundwork. We'll give Mason the opportunity, you know, and we might not have a very high ceiling, but we're also going to have a, a pretty decent floor. We're not going to bottom out and win three or four games. Correct. That is correct. We might we might go 7-10. and 10. We might have our first losing season in a long time, but we're not going to be one of these teams who is just, you know, absolutely pitiful and only wins three or four or five games. Yes. Well, I'm glad we got all the answers. I mean, do they, we got all the answers? Do they need Do they need our help down there on the Sansa? I don't have all the answers. Yeah, you're right. I just like to pretend. Yes. Remember what I said yesterday. What did you say yesterday? A whole lot of people who do this thing that you and I do for a living, mm-hmm. uh, they pretend to be something they're not. Ah, was yes. that me pretending to be an NFL GM right there for a second? I mean, there was a strong possibility, but uh, I, I, mean, I, I don't think that's something that we should stop doing. I think we should continue this. Maybe this like a weekly, two weeks, monthly yeah. thing. Like. We got to, you know, we got to actually, at some point, you and I just got to spend like five minutes and actually set up what our benchmarks for the offseason are going to be. Because we need yeah. to, we need to continue the, and we'll, and we'll get back into this next week, the free agency, like, would you, would you not, mm-hmm. that, that, that you had started this week. Um, we're going to have Chris Carter on Mondays, Terrence Garvin on Wednesdays, Brian Backo on Fridays. Oh, man. And we need, we need like quarter, like quarterback. Talk one thing, I think at least. We'll just call it QB talk and we'll just QB do five. Talk. Sometimes maybe it'll be five minutes, other times it'll be an entire segment. What's going on? What are you thinking about these draft prospects? What's going on in the free agency realm? We'll see. We can dig it. You know what we're actually going to do though? Is what are we going to do? I hope d- you're not saying take a break because I don't want to take a break. We're, no, well, we are, but then we're, we're also Ooh. just we're just going to figure it out on the fly like we always do, Arthur. Is do it? Yeah. By the seat of our pants. Ah, don't you like I never, what, seat of our pants. Your pants don't have any seat on them. Seat? Is it seat? Fly by the seat. seat of our pants. Yeah. Hey, your pants don't have seats. Te- well, I'm going <laughs> to I'm, 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 I'm leaving it alone. I'm leaving it alone. I'm leaving it alone. I'm being nonsensical, Arthur Bones. Wait a minute. Who would wear? All right, you ready for the phone number? Drum roll. Now, you might have to call back once or twice. I'm going to try and get these you up on hold if you people are even going to call. Who knows? Last time we did this, it didn't work out so well. But we got phone lines now, actually, not just one of you on the lines. We'll get some of your tweets on the other side. We'll talk about the division round. We'll also hopefully take a couple phone calls. And the phone number is for our new phone lines here at our iHeartRadio studios, 412-919. I got this right. <laughs> 8562. 412 919 8562. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.